On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks were shut out for the sixth time this season last night, and for the second time in as many meetings, they were blanked three to nothing by the Carolina Hurricanes. I'll go over what went wrong for the Blackhawks, and I'll also get into a quick update on the 2023 World Junior Championship. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 28th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. Can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then what are you doing? You definitely got to be sure to go and check out Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube because every episode moving forward, folks, throughout the rest of this crummy regular season is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's also 100% for free. It only takes two seconds to click that button, and it really does help me out more than all of you know. Also, while you're there, make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, go and ring that bell. Turn on the push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To open things up this afternoon, let's get right into the Chicago Blackhawks losing 3 to nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes last night. It was a short-lived winning streak of one game for the Hawks after, you know, a nifty and much-needed 5-2 to win over the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday. Patrick Kane finally breaks out in a big way after being snake-bitten for quite some time. Jonathan Taves has a three-point night. Athanasiu, Radish, and Domi all score goals. Tyler Johnson chips in with an assist. Sam Lafferty snaps his 16-game pointless drought. It was an offensive explosion of some sorts for the Blackhawks. We haven't seen them put up five goals many times, if at all, in the last two months. Uh, And both times, they've scored more than three goals in the month of December. They've actually won. So nice to see them get back in the W column on Friday. But uh, it was back to reality last night following the Christmas break in Carolina. Back to the tanking, Blackhawks fans. But can't say, you know, that this final outcome was all that surprising considering uh, well, a couple of different things, actually. First and foremost, though, Carolina is one of the best teams in the entire NHL right now. They're currently second in an absolutely loaded Eastern Conference, and they're atop the Metropolitan Division, which is one of the most competitive divisions right now in the entire NHL. Then for Carolina coming into this game last night, they had won eight consecutive games, and they also had points in 14 games in a row. So, 
they obviously have been finding their groove coming into this one. I know there was a little bit of a holiday break to kind of space that stuff out, but still, this is a Hurricanes team that's playing the best, their best hockey of the season right now. And that was kind of on display last last night against uh, an inferior Blackhawks team. And then there's just the fact that the Blackhawks uh, have just not been very good at all against Carolina in the past couple of years. And I actually tweeted this stat out last night. Since the start of 2018, the Blackhawks prior to last night had played, played the Hurricanes 16 times. They were 3-11-2 in those 16 games and had been outscored 61-39 to over that stretch. So uh, the Blackhawks, for whatever reason, well, I guess probably not for whatever reason, they've been pretty bad since 2018. The Hurricanes have been right there among uh, the top teams in terms of <clears throat> contending for the Stanley Cup. So um, not too surprising that that's the record. But yeah, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. The Blackhawks just really struggle against the Carolina Hurricanes. There's, you know, several teams in the NHL that seem to have their number right now, and Carolina uh, is definitely one of them. And then one other thing I wanted to bring up too, Peter uh, Kochetkov wound up not getting the start for the Hurricanes last night. He was the one in that for the first meeting between these two teams back on November 14th, and he made a 27-save shutout to lead the Hurricanes to that 3 to nothing victory. Well, a familiar face and former Blackhawks legend, Antti Ranta was actually the one who got the nod for the Hurricanes last night out of the Christmas break. And in his career against the Blackhawks, his former team coming into last night, Ranta was 4-1-1 with one shutout, uh, a save percentage above 920. He really has given the Blackhawks fits ever since they parted ways with him uh, nearly a decade ago now. Uh, and then, of course, he winds up getting the shutout last night. So. In six career starts against the Blackhawks, or seven now, I guess I should say, Antiranta is 5-1-1, one, one, two shutouts. Uh, he has their number. The Hurricanes have their number. The Blackhawks, obviously, you know, these are two teams heading in opposite directions. Uh, so it wasn't really any surprise that Carolina won this matchup pretty comfortably last night. I think we all predicted that to be the case. I don't think anyone had the Blackhawks winning this game or even really putting up much of a fight. I, I talked about that on the show yesterday. It was going to take an incredible effort out of the Blackhawks just to stay close in this game. Uh, and the only reason this game was close is because of the effort from Peter Morazic in that, which I'll talk about a little bit later here on the show. But uh, getting into the game itself last night, just want to talk about it for a few moments. The Hurricanes came absolutely racing out of the gate to score two goals in the opening 10 minutes. They were dominant right out of the gate, and Coach Luke Richardson talked about that after the game, saying that's kind of what happened both times against Carolina this year. And he spoke about how they're just a very tough team to play from behind against. Uh, and he said, you know, the slow start is really what plagued them. He, he said some of that could have been due to uh, the travel arrangements for the Blackhawks out of this Christmas break, which was pretty odd and unfortunate. They were they traveled to Carolina. I believe they arrived at 7 a.m. yesterday, which, you know, you usually don't see flights the day of a game all that often in the regular season. So uh, a little bit of a weird schedule there for the Blackhawks, but in all honesty, it probably wouldn't have mattered. If Carolina came out with that effort against, you know, the Blackhawks, even at their best, I don't think it would have been very much different. So Carolina just really 
out of uh, right off the opening faceoff. We're buzzing and we're trying to be on the aggressive to grab an early lead. And they did just that. The first goal from Marty Natchez. Uh, and then the second one, kind of a toughie. Banks in off of Connor Murphy. Uh, kind of a poor play by Murphy on both of those goals, honestly. The first one for Natchez got caught down low in the corner. Uh, wasn't able to get back to the front of the net and help his goaltender out with Natchez right in his grill. He winds up getting to the rebound first and banking it in off of Mrazek. And the second one literally just bounced in off of Murphy's skate. But bang, bang, boom. Just like that, the Blackhawks find themselves down two to nothing less than 10 minutes into this game. And the rest of the first period really didn't get any better, despite Carolina not adding to their lead. After the opening 20 minutes, the Hurricanes led 23 to seven in shots on goal. So uh, another pretty poor start by the Blackhawks. And hey, they've now given up the first goal in 27 of 33 games this season. I will say, though, second period was definitely when the Blackhawks played played their best. I thought they did actually a really solid job of slowing the game up because Carolina was just flying up and down the ice in that first period, rattling off scoring chances and shots on goal on Peter Mrazek. The Blackhawks dulled the game down, slowed it down, which is what they need to do when they're versing a team with the speed like Carolina. They got to find ways to slow down the pace. Now, Part of that was they had three-man advantages early on in that period, but I thought they did their best work actually in the latter five to ten minutes of that period after those power plays had already happened. Sadly, the Hawks, you know, they missed out on an opportunity to take advantage and get on their get on the board and get themselves kind of back in this game with those power plays. Uh, but the second period, all in all, was pretty good in my opinion. They actually led ten to seven in shots on goal in the middle frame. The only problem, as I said, was they didn't capitalize on any of their three power plays. They wound up doing nothing on them. Um, so all of their hard work to you know, try and get that next goal and cut the deficit in half was all for naught, sadly, because early on in the third period, it was right back to looking like it did in the first. Jordan Martinuk, just four or five minutes in, goes on to add an insurance goal. Really poor, kind of unfortunate turnover, I will say, by Isaac Phillips. Carolina dumps the puck in. It's ringing around the boards, and Phillips has his stick down, and literally the puck hits off his stick and just bounces right to the center, right to the slot, I should say. And uh, Martin Nuke was the one who jumped on the loose puck to add that insurance goal. Uh, but yeah, tough little break there for Isaac Phillips. He was actually on the ice for uh, all three Hurricanes goals last night, and I thought it was probably. Um, out of the three games that he's played up in the NHL this year, this one was probably his worst. Uh, but to be fair, it was also a really tough night for his defensive partner and Connor Murphy. I already mentioned he had a couple of blunders that led to the opening two goals for the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, the Blackhawks, offensively, though, I could talk about the defensive issues, but offensively, they just really had nothing going on all night long. They never had any consistent pressure or didn't really challenge former Hawk anti Ronta all that much at five on five. I believe the Blackhawks finished with only five high danger scoring chances last night, which is just not nearly enough to get the job done against this Carolina Hurricanes team. They wind up getting shut out for the second time this year by the Hurricanes. Second time they lost three to nothing. They get shut out for the sixth time overall this season in their opening 33 games. All right, there's my quick recap of the Hawks. 3-0 loss to Carolina last night. 
Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about Peter Morazic making a career high 36 sa- 46 saves, excuse me, and also what the Blackhawks' problem is when they go up against a superior team like the Carolina Hurricanes. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all pro and college sports betting needs this season. You can find all of the latest developments, game scores, matchups, news, and even podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and live game scores. And I personally love it because... Well, first, it's both the fastest and the easiest way to place a wager, and they also have absolutely everything you could want to bet on, from the NHL, the NBA, college basketball, college football bowl season, they have the UFC, all MMA, they have boxing, and they even have golf. They really do have everything. So head on over to the website today, or you could also just use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, segment two. Before I continue, got to get a little swig of coffee here. Truly the only unfortunate part of doing a podcast by myself when I get thirsty and my mouth gets dry. Sadly, you all have to wait for me to take a sip. Apologies, but segment two, I definitely got to talk for a moment about uh, and just got to show courtesy for the performance from Peter Morazic last night. Uh, I really did feel bad for Peter Morazic. It was slap shot regatta out there. Uh, and after giving up kind of a shaky first goal, I thought he got a little too far out of his net for a shot from the point. Like when you have guys there for the rebound and you challenge a shot from the point that you come that far out to challenge a shot from the point to cut down that angle. You better be damn sure that you gobble it up and don't give any rebounds. So for my liking, I just thought Peter Morazic came out a little bit too far out of his net and on top of the crease to make that save. He doesn't gobble it up. The rebound gets loose. And as I talked about, Connor Murphy was trying to recover from the corner. Kind of a bad structured defensive sequence from the Blackhawks having three guys below the goal line. As James Nevo pointed out on Twitter, not a great idea. You can't have both defensemen caught below the goal line. Phillips was over there, and he was playing along the boards. Not really sure what led Murphy to go over there. Um, he doesn't recover in time. Morazic isn't able to you know, control the rebound. Nate just winds up getting on it first and uh, banking it in off of Morazic to score the opening goal of the game. But other than that, uh, I thought Morazic w- was nothing short of tremendous, and I thought he handled uh, the kitchen sink that Carolina <laughs> threw his way rather well. And as the game went on, I thought, you know, his rebound control got better and better. I was really impressed with his glove last night, too, because at times this year, it feels like that's where opposing teams are, are really trying to pick on Peter Morazic is either maybe not even over the glove, but over either shoulders. It feels like that's kind of where he's allowed a lot of weaker goals this year, quote unquote. Uh, But I was really pleased with his glove hand last night, some lightning fast reflexes to make several big time saves. Uh, And I thought he was just also very poised and calm. His demeanor looked very good. Like if you just watched Peter Morazic and his body language and uh, his positioning in net, I I thought, you know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been able to tell that he faced 
49 shots on goal last night. I thought he was very calm, very poised, and he made it look kind of easy out there. And it was obviously not very easy with the way that the Carolina Hurricanes were pressuring him and the amount of saves that he uh, had to make. But Morassic looked really good last night. He handled it about as well as anyone could. Uh, so credit to him for making a career-high 46 saves last night, despite uh, that coming in a 3 nothing loss to the Hurricanes. Sad that, you know, the Blackhawks waste an effort like that out of their goaltender on yet another offensive stinker. Uh, but with Morazic playing that well, I, I did want to mention that it has me wondering if Luke Richardson is going to go back to him in their next game tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues. We'll have to definitely keep an eye on that in the morning skate tomorrow. One other thing I definitely wanted to be sure to talk about today, folks, is, in my opinion at least, <coughs> excuse me, in my opinion, why the Chicago Blackhawks struggle against some of the best teams in the entire NHL. And as I've already talked about, twice this year, they've been shut out three to nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes. And when going up, you know, against a team that has so much speed, particularly, you know, with their forwards and the way they're able to get on you in a hurry, and also with the responsible, sturdy defensive game that they play. I mean, they have so many good defensemen. Brett Pesci is one of the hidden gems in the entire NHL, and so is Jacob Slavin. I, I think Brady Shea's been really good for them, too. This is a really sound defensive bunch, and it's been that way for quite some time. And when they have that speed and that defensive style, the speed to kind of complement what the defensemen are doing and to pressure the the puck handlers, the Blackhawks, for example, when they have the puck. I, I think there are just a couple of very obvious flaws that the Blackhawks have. One, they just don't have many guys that can stick handle or skate their way out of pressure to create both time and space for, you know, things to open up and for things to start to generate. They don't have players like that who can buy some time to find open guys. It, it feels like they just don't have enough gifted offensive playmakers on this team. And when that happens, when they don't have guys who can buy that time and space, a lot of times they have to dump the puck in. They have to throw, uh, throw it to an area play. And they're not a team that wins a lot of those battles either, especially in their top six, the guys they lean on to do a lot of the heavy lifting offensively. Like, Look at the guys inside the top six. Tyler Johnson, not really ever an elite playmaker except for the first few years in his career, and he also doesn't have that, that much size. And Max Domi, he's kind of the opposite. He is a scrappy player who can provide that style of play, but he's not, you know, while he does have 11 goals and that's tied for the team lead, he's undoubtedly not a top-line player. He, won't be, he wouldn't be on the first line on any playoff contending team. He'd be more of a third or fourth liner. So that's kind of where he lacks the overall creativity when the puck's on his stick. Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane, but he's also not winning board battles. That's never been the strength of his game is dumping the puck in and saying, hey, Patty Kane, go and get it. No, the strength of his game is finding a way to stick handle through defenders to cross the blue line and set up one of his teammates. And that hasn't really happened this year because there's just not a whole lot of offensive talent he's playing with. And then for Philip Kershev, I love his speed. He gets outbodied every time in those board battles, and it's becoming more and more clear that he's just not a top six player. He's more of a middle six type of guy, probably a third liner, even a fourth liner on a really good team. I think he could probably 
progress to become a third liner on a good team, but it, it's still not there. My problem with Kershev over the last couple of seasons has been the lack of consistency. He's been given a major opportunity in this Blackhawks offense. And to be fair, not very many guys are taking advantage of it, but uh, Kershev really has been a bit underwhelming in terms of his consistency once again. And he doesn't have much size or physicality. He gets bodied off the puck. Taylor Radish is kind of the one guy in this top six who I think has good size and speed combo and is a good four checker. But again, only one guy isn't really going to make that much of a difference. So when the Blackhawks can't possess the puck for a long time because they don't have enough guys to generate time and space to get plays created, they have to dump the puck in. They have to go win battles along the boards or throw an area pass and hope, you know, your guy wins a foot race or wins the battle there. And that just isn't the strength of this Blackhawks team. It, it feels like the strength of their game would be in transition, but they just haven't been able to generate much off of the rush, particularly in the last couple of months. But last night, the only line that looked good for the Chicago Blackhawks, the only line that did anything was the third line of Andreas Athanasiu, Jason Dickinson, and Sam Lafferty. And to me, the reason they did so well last night, because all three of those guys, particularly Lafferty and Athanasiu, they were absolutely buzzing all over the ice, flying up and down, two of the better skaters on this Blackhawks team. And they also have some size. Athanasiu, well, it's not really the strength of his game, obviously. He does have some good size, and he actually had three hits last night, I might add. And then Sam Lafferty is an absolute wrecking ball out there. Led the Blackhawks with five hits. He loves to get physical, and that's probably the strength of his game is the speed and winning board battles. And that's what that third line was doing in the offensive zone during their cycles, doing a good job of moving the puck, using their speed, and winning battles along the boards to generate chances. I thought those three guys really replicated what the Blackhawks needed to try to do. And it's going to be tough because, again, those top six guys, that's not really their bread and butter. It's more so made for these third liners to be physical and to win those grinding battles. But that's what was working for the Blackhawks last night. So uh, it was tough to see that be the only line that really had any success whatsoever against Carolina. And uh, there's just it's just clear there's not enough elite playmaking and not enough speed and not enough size and physicality up and down this lineup. And when you go up against an elite defensive team like Carolina, who has some of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL, in addition to a very skilled and speedy forward group that can fly around out there. That's, you know, what kind of creates a matchup nightmare for the Chicago Blackhawks. And that's why, in my opinion, both games have gone the way they have this season against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, before I wrap up the show today, folks, I did want to talk for a brief moment about what we've seen early on in the 2023 World Junior Championship, where, of course, five Blackhawks prospects are representing their native countries. Victor Hranbor, by the way, the last name is uh, still, we're not sure. Um, I apologize. No one really is sure if it's Hranbor, Sternbor. I think it's Hranbor at this point. Anyways, he's playing for Team Sweden. He's the captain of Team Sweden, actually. And then the four other prospects are all playing for Team Canada in Nolan Allen, Colton Dock, Ethan Del Mastro, and Kevin Korczynski. Uh, Sweden's actually already played two games. They'll have the day off today. Their opening matchup against Austria, they absolutely manhandled them in an 11 to nothing win. 
And the captain, Haran Bor, picked up an assist, one shot on goal, and did have one penalty in 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Although being known as more of a defensive stalwart in the third line center slot for Sweden and also, you know, throughout his junior career so far, those things are going to happen from time to time. He's known for his defensive prowess. When you're playing a style like that, penalties are going to happen. So that's not a knock on his game whatsoever. Uh, Rambor was also playing in the third line center slot in Sweden's one nothing win over Germany yesterday. That now has them at 2-0 so far on the tournament. No points for Haranbor yesterday, uh, and I sadly didn't get to watch this game. It came early on in the afternoon, but they're definitely a team to keep an eye on after this 2-0 start. You got to be keeping up with Victor Haranbor, and you also might want to get a chance to look at Leo Carlson, who's right there behind Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli in the 2023 NHL draft rankings. He's a, a big, skilled power forward. Uh, that could go third, fourth, maybe even sneak his way up to number two. We've seen crazier things happen in the NHL draft, so plenty of reasons to keep an eye on Team Sweden throughout the rest of the tournament. And then, whew, for Team Canada, my oh my, upset 5-2 to two by Chechia in their opening game did not go the way that anyone really thought it would. Um, and I was just really, I couldn't believe the way that uh, Chechia pressured them late in this game and the plays that they were making. This is a really good Czech team, especially on the blue line. They have three or four really good defensive prospects, and Canada got absolutely stunned. It was ridiculous. They are now in a must-win game here today against Germany. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to be going for an offensive explosion. But, yeah, a disappointing start to the tournament for Team Canada. Uh, all four Blackhawks prospects were in the lineup, by the way. Colton Dock did get the start on the fourth line after uh, kind of being used as the extra forward in the pre-tournament games with some solid play. He's worked himself into the lineup. We'll see if he remains there tonight against Germany. Ethan Del Mastro was back on the top line, rocking the A for Team Canada, or the top defensive pairing, I guess I should say, where he's been uh, the entire tournament thus far. In, pre-tournament games and in their opener. And then uh, Kevin Korchinski and Nolan Allen are playing together on the third defensive pairing like they do in Seattle since the Thunderbirds acquired Nolan Allen from uh, the Prince Albert Raiders. Had to go into the knowledge there for a second. But yeah, kind of a quiet game for all of these guys. Uh, Ethan Del Mastro was a minus two with goose eggs all across the board. Colton Doc had one shot on goal, I think, in his limited time on ice. Uh, the Korchinski-Allen parent actually wasn't on the ice for any goals against at even strength. And Korchinski did pick up an assist on Connor Bedard's breakaway goal, which is a sentence I could get very used to saying for the next handful of years. Uh, but definitely, yeah, a tough start for Canada in their opener against Czechia. And yeah, they'll be looking to bounce back in a big way when they take on Germany later this afternoon. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, December 28th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts and to go and subscribe on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here today. Now, for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most 
to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with experts only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Well, now I'm going to have to cut that part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.